Welcome to a Kiss Kiss Bang Bang bonus episode. I'm Andrew Wheeler. And I'm Shane Holland. On this special mini-episode of the Queer James Bond podcast, we are fantasy casting a new adaptation of the Ian Fleming novel Live and Let Die. Uh, In recent episodes, we talked about both the movie Live and Let Die and the original novel, and the many, many problems we encountered in each. Uh, You can obviously go back, listen to both of those episodes if you need to catch up, or if you just want to listen to them again. Yeah, they're excellent episodes about terrible media. (laughs) (laughs) For this episode, we're not remaking the 1973 Live and Let Die movie, but we're imagining what a modern-day adaptation of the novel might look like, in the same spirit as the relatively faithful 2006 adaptation of Casino Royale that introduced Daniel Craig to the role of James Bond. Our casting has to use modern talent, but the movie doesn't need to be set in the present day. We'll be casting our Bond, picking a director and someone, of course, to perform the Bond song. Of course. And casting the key roles from the novel, including the villain, the female lead, and any significant henchmen or allies. Uh, And where necessary, we'll try, (laughs) keyword try, to bring (laughs) the story up to date. We are assuming a world in which the original Bond movies do exist, including the original Live and Let Die, so while our focus is on the novels, the movies might inform our choices. Uh, So let's jump right into it, starting, of course, with the most important role, Bond James Bond. So I had a difficult time with this assignment, I'm not going to lie, (laughs) Um, but I was able to really successfully cast my Bond, I must say, and I picked two choices and I think they both work perfectly for this movie. Uh, So my first choice would be Daniel Kaluuya. I think Mm -hmm. he's gorgeous, he's the right age, he's British, he's black, and I think in my recasting of Live and Let Die, I see Bond as being an outsider to the organization of MI6, uh, uh, an aid to him in this adventure. Uh, being able to blend in uh, with uh, Big's crew would be uh, such an advantage in this story for James Bond, and it would offer such a unique insight that uh, even though uh, he's black, he's still an outsider to both uh, both MI6 and Big's organization because he's British as well. Uh, he's <laughs> clearly not he's not one of anyone. He's not one of them. Uh, so I think that would offer a really unique take on uh, on the live and let die story. And then second, my second pick also I think kind of pushes that boundary even maybe. A little further uh i went with henry golding who we both of these choices we talked about uh in our uh episode our special episode 007 the future of bond um henry golding is an english malaysian actor and for the same reasons that i uh chose daniel kaluuya in that he would be such an outsider to his organization and to big's organization he would stand out like such a sore thumb uh that i think it would offer a really unique perspective on this kind of tired story i think we're we're both thinking in the same direction that one of the big problems with live and let die of course is that it's a very racist story a racist novel and yep Having the agent of change be this white English guy um, is is inherently problematic. So having a person of colour play the role of James Bond, something we would love to see anyway, but especially if you're making a new live and let die, it seems like the easy fit because you do then have this character who uh, is 
outside of the establishment who has experienced racism personally and can provide a, a different context and be the heroic um, black character or person of colour um, that the original Live and Let Die is so sorely missing. Yes, you made everything I was trying to say sound so much more intelligent. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, my, my casting options are... are very much along the same lines. Um, the choice that I think I would go with is John Boyega. Um, again, mm. someone we talked about, someone who mm. is, is young and uh, feisty and incredibly talented and incredibly suave and handsome um, and looks amazing in a tux. Uh, so John Boyega, I feel like, should be a, in the conversation for James Bond. But as we talked about previously, he's probably someone that, that casting agents are looking at with a little bit of nerves because he is very outspoken but that makes me love him more uh, oh, yes. please please give us an outspoken bond yeah and and you know that the movie's not going to be compromised if someone like him is in is in that role you know exactly he's, he's going to make sure he's bringing his people along i think um yeah. reggae jean page or jean page yes always mispronouncing his name and we mispronounced <laughs> his first name completely last time it's reggae not reggae um so i feel like culturally we're all we all quickly learned how to say his <laughs> name after bridgerton came out <laughs> yes it's it's been a learning curve um yeah. i i think reggae jean page is in the the discussions i think yes. he genuinely is for bond right now um i will not be shocked if he's the name that gets dropped in six months time um Agreed. but the other option i wanted to consider is his bridgerton co-star martans imhangbe uh, who plays the boxer in Bridgerton, sort of the best friend of Reggae Jean Page's character. He's a British-Nigerian actor. He would be a very hefty James Bond. Like, he would be by far, I think, the physically largest man to play the role. <laughs> um, but it's a direction to go in, you know? He would be uh, presenting a completely different type of, of Bond physically and, of course, culturally, because he is uh, of Nigerian uh, heritage. I love it. Those are fantastic ideas. I, I love that we both went in the same direction with this, <laughs> that we need to fix Live and Let Die, so let's do it with our casting first. Yes. Uh, and I think the story will easily follow once you set these big parts. Uh, next, let's talk about Felix Leiter. Right. So for Felix, this is a role that I felt had to stay white. Um, I don't. Mm. You may have a different take on this, but I like the idea of him being... The white guy in the story, the uh, the representation of American uh, imperialism mm -hmm. and American culture. So I wanted to go for someone, but also we know that Felix is not supposed to be a toxic character. He's supposed to be, you know, likable. Uh, he's supposed to be very American. So I went with someone who I think is not toxic, though his brother is. Uh, very <laughs> handsome, talented, white American, Dave Franco. Oh, you, wow. Great, great choice. I really appreciate that. That is someone I looked at really seriously myself. I'm, I'm with you in why you want it to be a white person. Uh -huh. And I am going to take a left turn here because <laughs> I went Good. with Steven Yoon oh, from nice. The Walking Dead. I think he offers uh, a really cool, fresh take on what it is to be American today. Um, what's the name of uh, his movie that was just nominated for an Oscar? Minari? Yes. I mean, look, he's shown that he has the chops to do serious, really serious stuff, both on The Walking Dead and in that film. I, I think he would be uh, a, a really boundary-pushing choice, and it fits in my vision of this live and let die, which kind mm -hmm. of, like, t is totally radically 
challenging uh, who these two men are in this plot against against them. This comes to our first plot question then, which is, does your Felix Leiter get eaten by sharks? Do you feed Stephen Yun to a shark? I think you have to. <laughs> I Look, I think the two best parts of that novel are uh, he disagreed with something that ate him. And the, the kind of lead up to the finale, the training in Jamaica, the underwater adventure, yeah. uh, and being dragged over the coral reef. I think all of those things need to be at the end. And... But yes, particularly Felix Leiter being, I mean, just ruined. I think that would be... We've already seen Stephen Yoon be brutally murdered in something before. (laughs) Uh, He does it really well. Let's see it again. (laughs) Um, I mean, a lot of people are going to be mad at you. (laughs) I know, I know. Well, he he lives. (laughs) That's true. Spoiler alert. He gets to come back for the the next movie. (laughs) Assuming we don't recast Felix, which of course is traditional. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, now it's time for the big bad, the literal big bad, Mr. Buonaparte Ignaz Gallia, Mr. Big, um, also in the movie Dr. Kananga, but not in the book. Uh, we are removing the Kananga storyline. <laughs> can we agree? Yes, I think Okay, we can. good, good. Um, I struggled with Big um, because it is uh, such a big role in this film. I really didn't want to do uh, an injustice to it. Uh-huh. Um my first thought was, um, because he's supposed to be Haitian American, uh, my first thought was Jimmy Jean, uh, Louis. Uh, he played, he played the Haitian, uh, oh, yeah. in Heroes. Uh, and he's just kind of this, ri- and he was also in Lost and, and countless, uh, like countless other TV film. Uh, he's been a character actor for as long as I can remember. Um, but yeah, he has kind of this severe, wild, uh, look in his eyes that I think would really be chilling uh, in the context of uh, kind of this discussion we're having. In the book, he's supposed to be the first great black mastermind. I can see this film being uh, a period piece uh, set in the 50s uh, and having someone uh, like uh, Jimmy Jean-Louis being kind of this imposing uh, new threat to American imperialism. And here you have these two plucky outsiders coming in uh, to disrupt everything. Yeah, I do think period might be the way to go with this just because it does allow you to, you don't have to make the movie as big, I think, you mm-hmm. know, which is one of the strengths of the Bond novels is that, you know, there's an escalation that happens with the movies. Yes. Um, the novels, not so much. You don't need it to be quite so earth shattering every time. And I actually like the stories that are a little bit more intimate you know obviously none of these villain plots are are small the the reason they're villain plots is because they're going to destroy (laughs) lives Um, (laughs) yes but yeah i do think like a period setting also allows you to play with like style fashion and history you know there's there's a historical context there's there's never a time in american history where being black is not part of the the history or the struggle um but you get to look at it approach it from different angles depending on which part of history you're looking at Right, my, my feeling, and of course, British history—the the colonialism, the uh, the Windrush—all of these things feed into a sort of fifties uh, view of the world. Um, for my Mister Big, I wanted to go with a serious veteran heavyweight actor, someone imposing, um, and I'm pretty happy with my choice: uh, Academy Award winner Forrest Whitaker. Oh wow! Great, great choice. Yes, yes, yes. 
the the qualification there is that he's not Haitian, he's not from the islands, um, he's an African-American actor, um, so he doesn't have the heritage, uh, but I do think that he brings such gravitas. Um, you know, he's one of the most phenomenal actors working today, and I think he could he could bring that Shakespearean bent. You know, I wanted to find someone who's mm-hmm. kind of got that Yafet Koto energy, and yes. I think Forrest Whitaker does. Ah, oh, great, great choice. Uh, I, th- I think you win this round. Not that, <laughs> not that it's a battle or <laughs> we're fighting here. We're all in this together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, with this next one, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a doozy and I'm gonna knock out two in one. Oh. Are you ready for it? Oh my goodness, yes. For the role of solitaire, mm-hmm. I thought who better to kind of do a first for the Bond franchise and be the main Bond woman and also sing the Bond song. Oh. Who better to be solitaire right now than Rihanna? <laughs> it's gotta be Rihanna! <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> I mean, come on. she She's perfect for the role. She is, uh, she's Caribbean-American. Uh, she is one of the greatest uh, musicians uh, alive right now, in my opinion. Uh, she's gorgeous. She's proven that she can act. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the film Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. <laughs> no, I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a horrible movie, and <laughs> Rihanna is the best part of it, and you don't even see her face. She is a CGI character. <laughs> Why do we keep doing that to black women, though? Why know? do we keep doing that to black women? That was the same year as, like, uh, another... Peter? W- yeah, Lupita, thank you. Yes, exactly. It was, oh, God, what a time to be alive. What a time. And wasn't it the same time that Idris Elba was in that Star Trek movie that we just rewatched? The Star night? Trek Beyond and Zoe Saldana as um, Gamora, Gamora, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so black women have to be a different color for us to accept them on, <laughs> <laughs> on film. Um, not that Idris Elba is a black woman, but we're oh, right. extending the, the Well, parameters. in my mind, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Gender is a construct, so that's exactly right. Um, but yes, we 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 do agree that, that the new solitaire should be a black woman um, because it was something that we got a little hung up on uh, in mm. Fleming's weird insistence on having Ugh. characters from the islands, but they're white because they're the love interests, and it's like we we all know what's going on there. Um, so for <laughs> exactly. the role of Simone Luttrell, aka Solitaire, I picked the actress Kiki Lane. Um, who you might know from the movie The Old Guard. She plays opposite Charlize Theron in that. She's oh, also in yeah. If Beale Street Could Talk, she was in. So the fact that she's someone that can do serious intensity. Um, she was in Coming to America, which I, Coming to America 2, yes. which I haven't watched, but, uh, presumably she can do comedy, which I think is useful in a Bond movie. And because she was in The Old Guard, she can do action. And I would want my solitaire to be obviously a character with more agency than Agreed. she has in either the book or the movie. Um, and I think I also want her to be someone with, with genuine mystical connections, even though that edges into magical Negro territory, potentially. Um, I don't know. I, I, or oh, sorry. Yes. Obviously, that is correct that it, uh, that we're leaning into that trope. But I agree that there still needs to be kind of that, you know, uh, mystic connection. Exactly yeah. like you said, there, there's something kind of really intriguing about the character, uh, when that happens. I think if we make this a period piece, then it's even more plausible and understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm with you there. All right, so now Bond's other ally in this story, uh, Quarrel, 
um, who, of course, is horribly killed off in <laughs> in the uh, Doctor No movie and therefore has to be changed into Quarles Jr. in the Live and Let Die movie, but he uh, makes his debut, right? Yes. That's in, correct. In the novel yeah. Live and Let Die and is a recurring character. I envision oh. our uh, Live and Let Die here as kind of a reset for the franchise yes, in the way yeah. that Casino Royale was. So absolutely, this is Quarrel, not any Quarrel Jr. bullshit. Right. Um, I don't have any good picks for Quarrel. This <laughs> is where I struggled. Um, I have I have people who I considered for other roles who I thought may be able to fill in here. Uh, Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg in Justice oh, yeah. League. I really love him. I would love to see him involved. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. I really love him uh, right now, uh, but I can't. Uh, I couldn't find a role for him, and I thought, mm, you know, maybe they could be the Quarrel character, but I don't know. I'm not happy with either of those choices. I have a feeling you nailed this, though. Well, I mean, I was very torn about what age to cast for the role of Quarrel. Like, who, is this a, a man in his 40s, 50s? Is this a younger man? I mean, it can be whatever I want it to be, I suppose. I'm the casting director. <laughs> um, I am the cubby broccoli of this this scenario. Um, I do call you that in private. <laughs> not around me. It's very private. <laughs> um, uh, so I decided to go with actually one of Michael B. Jordan's co-stars from Black Panther, Winston Duke. Um, oh, oh, yes. He is a Tobagoan actor, so he is from the islands, so that he has that in his favor. Um, and he's just, I mean, he, he makes a quarrel who is physically imposing, um, sexy and, and has an intensity about him that I think elevates that character beyond being like the, the step and fetch it of the Bond novels. I love it. That's really, yeah, that's a great choice. I can't believe I thought of Michael B. Jordan, but I did not. <laughs> I did not, like, just look right beside him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to click on those cast lists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, should we should we talk about other characters, or should we move on to director? Let's go into the director, um, and you've already named your singer, so I have a pick for that as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so, actually, why don't you tell me who the, your singer would be? Um, I'm very happy with my choice of singer. I did have Rihanna down as as my mm. secondary choice because I do think, obviously, Rihanna doing a Bond song would be something we would love to see. Um, but then I thought, well, here is a singer who has what I think of as a Bond voice, a belting voice, um, and would be a black queer voice in the Bond. Ah, <gasps> uh. Mr. Billy Porter. No! Oh my god! I love it! <laughs> that is A, not who I thought you were going to say, uh, and B, I've got Billy Porter's name down on my list, but not for singer. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. So we might get to him, but I mean, Billy Porter has an amazing Broadway voice. Oh, yeah. He can sing with so much soul and, and uh, emotion. Listen to his version of Home from Pose. It's just uh. stunning. Um, and he does, he's a belter. And we haven't yeah. had enough good belters in recent years. I mean, Adele obviously is a belter um, without peer in the current sort of zeitgeist. But Billy Porter, I think, would give us an amazing Bond song. And he's not the person that people would go to immediately. Um, but I like the idea of a, a queer black voice singing uh, this particular Bond song. What a fantastic choice. Uh, maybe Billy Porter and Rihanna, 
can uh, work together on this so we can really just get the most perfect version of Live and Let Die. It would be the new um, Jack Black and uh, Alicia <laughs> Don't Keys. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Oh, Jack White, what? sorry. not Jack, Jack Black <laughs> Jack- would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would actually kind of love it now if it were Jack Black and Alicia Keys. Uh, <laughs> that would have been so much better. Uh, uh, okay, let's talk about who our directing choices are. I I've got two, uh, and I think uh, they'll speak for themselves. So my first choice is maybe the obvious choice, but I went with Ryan Coogler, uh, director of Black Panther uh, and, uh, I don't know, countless other uh, action film du jour. Uh, He brings depth to characters who who could otherwise be shallow Mm -hmm. he brings really fun action scenes uh that are easy to understand and i say that in the sense of like black panther visually uh i don't know those fight scenes are more comprehensive and cohesive than a lot of the marvel uh universe fight scenes that we get uh and yeah, I think I think he makes a fun movie. I think that that this could make our recasting of Live and Let Die uh not just um pushing boundaries but also really really fun, exciting and with a wit to them. Uh my second choice takes away some of that fun. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, <laughs> but I think it is more in line with uh the James Bond style and that would be Antoine Fuqua who oh. uh who does um darker action films like um oh what's it called Olympus has fallen I want to say mm-hmm. uh which is yeah a, a much grittier less witty but really visual effects heavy kind of action thriller um I think yeah so between those two choices I think I lean towards Ryan Coogler but I think both of them are would be the right fit for this version of this film yeah, Kugler is a very good sort of contemporary choice. Like he, because he's very good at, at sort of reclaiming difficult uh, subject matter, which is yes. the, the big challenge here. Yeah, and Fuqua is the sort of person I'm sort of almost surprised he didn't get to direct like a Bond, like he could have been a Brosnan director. He's yeah. not been around long enough to have to have done that, right? It exactly. Seems, seems like he should have been in the mix for that. Um, I went with British uh, directors, um, mm. though I know that's not a necessary qualification um when i I, with john biego as bond it seemed like steve mcqueen um Uh. would be a natural fit especially if it's going to be a very sort of gritty approach to bond a very sort of realist approach because of course he worked with with biego on small acts and he uh, worked on the movie widows so he understands that sort of uh, grit and reality and he his work is interested in the black experience and i think he and biego have a very similar worldview um but i think ultimately the the direction i decided to go in was an a uh, director who isn't known as a director and that is uh, richard ayoade oh who, uh, wow he has he has directed a couple of movies it's not recently he's directed music videos uh, but he is better known as a writer and comedian um but that kind of makes him the 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 sort of the Taika Waititi, you know, he's, he's, uh, he has the same background as Waititi. He's a writer, mm-hmm. he's a comic, he has directed. So to give him a shot at something this big, uh, is not unprecedented with, you know, given his, his 
background in directing. And I also just think he's an incredibly smart um, and incredibly oh witty. God. So uh, great. Person. So funny. So, yeah. So I, not that I think that Live and Let Die needs to be like a broad Roger Moore comedy uh, Bond movie, but I do. No, think but sh- Bond movies are successful when there's levity at the yes. right moments and you have to do it right. I just watched Moonraker and yeah, there's a, la- <laughs> there's a lack of levity in that film in a movie that is about levitation. <laughs> or too much i should say uh we'll get we'll get there literally yes. we will get there so soon <laughs> uh right so time to dive into our supporting cast uh so we had a bunch of people that we could cast here so m strangways uh a bunch of hench people both mm-hmm. the ones from the books and in theory the ones from the movies so if we wanted to bring baron samadhi in in some form we could um i did mention sir henry morgan is a possibility if you want to do a flashback to pirate times <laughs> you could cast him i didn't end up casting him i um, did not and of course miss money penny or Luelia Ponsonby, who is James Bond's secretary, who Mm -hmm. never, I think, has appeared in the movies. No, correct. So I didn't cast everyone here. Uh, I I have two. (laughs) And I'm (laughs) I'm going to give them an order of my favorites. Uh, So... (laughs) List of two in order. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, my God. It's (laughs) This is earlier, I feel like, than I usually record, and it's a weird day. Uh, So my first choice, uh, Miss Moneypenny, Mm -hmm. uh, I thought, what's a weird, fun, interesting pick at this time? We've just seen this person in a period drama. Uh, she is also not exactly English in the way uh, that Lois Maxwell was Canadian. <laughs> I went with Anya Taylor Joy. I think she's a. I think it's a weird choice. I think she's kind of a <laughs> uh, weird actress uh, actor. I think uh, she has that levity and uh, that mysteriousness about her that really works for the money penny role. Uh, and you know, it's typically a small role in the films. And yes. I don't see this being a large part in our film. I think, uh, because it's a period, uh, drama that it is going to be a, a very typical sixties era Bond film where you get the opening, uh, bit with your M and money penny and mission, uh, statement. And then you move on to the action and maybe they show up at the end as well. So yeah, I I think it's a perfect small role that can be made even larger by someone with charisma and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy has that. I'm intrigued, yeah. I would be super interested to see like the the character it becomes with her in that role is really interesting to me. Mhm. I think the flirtation uh becomes really believable and real. Uh mm-hmm. and I think but any of our picks of Bond, it would be fun to see them interact. Yeah. My second subcasting would be <laughs> someone that I mentioned excitedly, Billy Porter as Baron Samity. Yes, <laughs> the only thing I'm keeping from the film is the Baron Samity character. I really love that he uh, is a henchman in the in the film and not just a totem like he is in the novel. Uh, and I think Billy Porter would be just exactly what we would want him to be uh he's long and elegant and he has a precision of movement he's a dancer he's a singer he 
he knows how to use his body. I really, I, I can see Billy Porter being effective as Baron Samity. And how awesome would that be if we had Solitaire as Rihanna, Billy Porter as Baron <laughs> Samity singing the title song, Live and Let Die? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like the idea so much that I also have Billy Porter down to play <laughs> Baron <Yes>. Samity. <laughs> uh, he just, he fits. I mean, I think it, in my vision of it, he wouldn't ma- maybe be a full hench person, but just be like a, a a presence in the film. like An agent of chaos. Yeah, like he's, he's, a, he's a mystic character who may or may not actually exist. Like he might appear in Solitaire's visions. Um, he might like loom in the shadows um, or just in a drug-induced film fantasy or something like that um, i love that you know have no more of a role than than kylie minogue in in uh, moulin rouge <laughs> <You know? laughs> perfect okay so there are a few other roles that i uh, that i decided to cast i mean first of all for m i decided just keep ray fines in the job yeah that's exactly what i was thinking that's why i didn't mention it because yeah. i thought he's just so perfect he like yeah it it, it works and to hell with the timeline let's just care yank him back from the present into the past uh, yes, I think it works because M. We already know that M can jump between reboots. Like M can survive mm-hmm. a reboot. <laughs> That's just, true. That's right. It's one of their superpowers. <laughs> um, uh, for the robber, who is a very minor hench person, mm. I thought, well, that just feels like Danny Trejo uh, gets that, <laughs> that role. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's, he's gnarled and he's scary. Um, and if he were coming after you with a shotgun in in a in a warehouse, you would be terrified. So in Florida, no less. <laughs> in Florida, yeah. Um, and then I thought. For, for for the other hench person, if we were to merge the character of Teehee with mm-hmm. the uh, the female chauffeur who we see driving Mister Big around in the oh, mall, make yes. the Teehee Johnson a woman, make her the the bodyguard slash chauffeur slash hench person, mm-hmm. and cast someone like uh, Ebony Obsidian, who's already has a Bond girl name. Um, oh, oh my God. You so, just call the character Ebony Obsidian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you hire Ebony Obsidian and then you tell her you're playing yourself in the <laughs> 50s. Um, so, yeah, she's a, she's an actor from the Amazon show Hunters. I don't think I've seen her in anything else, but, uh, yeah, she's, she's young and she looks like she could uh, pull off the fashions incredibly well and, uh, and give the role some heft, which I think is important. Um, and finally... For the role of John Strangways. Oh, very important. I totally forgot. And very one of the and one of the only queer parts of that novel we decided. <laughs> yes. Um yes, we we learn that he is uh, an ex-soldier, that he's handsome with a scar on his face, that he's uh, physically fit. It has to be Ben Barnes in that role, I think. Ooh. Oh, good choice. Ben Barnes is handsome, suave, uh, very English. Um so he sort of having Strangways show up and be like, "Oh, that's like what we think Bond is going to be, um, but, but is not going to be in this movie, which is a thing that Bond movies do all the time, where they like bait and switch you with someone who looks like they might be a Bond, but isn't a Bond. Um, <laughs> Imposter double O's and all, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Ben Barnes is is my uh, my strong ways. Uh, so, any other key creatives, like a writer, cinematographer, these are the sort of things really who who would even know <laughs> yeah yeah that I, I i i wouldn't have any idea who to say um i really like the idea of richard iowade as director because mm-hmm. i love a director who has his hands a little bit in everything um yeah. i think that's what worked so well with sam mendez and we've seen it in other successful bond films in the past 
I think we've made good changes to the story as mm-hmm. well. We're set that it's going to be like set in the 50s when the novel is written with our Bond being absolutely a person of color, probably a black British person, um, and going after a an emergent uh, threat to American imperialism in Mr. Big's uh, black organization. I think that is going to be a fascinating movie. And I really hope that uh, Babs Broccoli is somewhere out there thinking along <laughs> the same lines for what she's going to do when it's time to reboot this series. Yeah, I mean, as we said before, like it feels to me like we are at the point where you could have parallel Bond franchises. You could even maybe do like... A Disney Plus style TV show, you know. If Where are were... my money, Penny mysteries? <laughs> if they decided to do like more faithful novel adaptations as like Falcon and the Winter Soldier style miniseries, yes, I would be totally happy with that. Yes, me too. But the most important thing I think we we both see is if you're doing Live and Let Die, you you change the agency of some of the characters, you change mm-hmm. the context and the uh, experiences of some of the characters. This is no longer um, such a colonial story, though, of course, it is still about the British meddling in world affairs. Absolutely. I think um, changing that agency or fixing that agency is the only way to do right by the injustice of this novel and this film. And we make sure that when Mr. Big dies, he is not inflated like a balloon. Oh, God, no, no. And <laughs> I, I still want it to be, to be better than both there and in the novel. I, we can do better! I think Forrest Whitaker being devoured by sharks and barracudas would put in an amazing performance, but mm. maybe, there's, oh, I see maybe there's more that we can do. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you for listening to this special bonus episode of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Check out our archive for our episodes on Live and Let Die, the novel and the movie, and recent episodes on Bond Women, Casino Royale, and that other great Ian Fleming creation, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We'll have a new regular episode of the podcast in your feed very soon. Uh, let us know how you would cast for a Live and Let Die adaptation on Twitter or Instagram at KKBBPod or via email at kisskissbangbangpod at gmail.com and help us spread the word about the podcast by telling at least one friend about it. Our graphics are provided by the incredibly talented Carl Shura. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Carl Shura, that's C-A-R-L-S-H-U-R-A. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is recorded in Toronto on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. We acknowledge that we are settlers on unceded territory. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang.